Teach Me, Lord, is brought to you by the Midway Church of Christ in Suwannee, Tennessee. Now your speaker, the evangelist for the Midway Church of Christ, Keith Hamilton. Thank you, Jeff, and thank you to our listening audience. This is Keith Hamilton, the evangelist for the Midway Church of Christ. And once again, I'm just so happy to have this opportunity to be with you and be able to open our Bibles together and study from God's Word. So if you have your uh, Bible, please go. If, uh, if you don't have your Bible, please go and get it so that you can follow along with us uh, in our study. And if you do have your Bible, you can go ahead and be turning in the book of John to chapter 12. We'll use John chapter 12, beginning in verse 42, as the text for our lesson this morning. Also, get you something to write with and to write on so that you can take notes of the things that we're going to discuss. And also, we'd like for you to take down the address to our meeting house because, well, number one, we want to invite anyone and everyone to come and be with us at our worship services, but this is also the address where if you have some question or comment, um, if you have some subject from the Bible that you would like for me to, to uh, discuss, uh, you can you can just send me a letter or a note in the mail and um, to this address, and I'll be more than happy to discuss the subject that's on your mind. Anyway, uh, like I said, this program is brought to you by the Midway Church of Christ, and here is the address to our meeting house. It is the Midway Church of Christ, 151 Otter Falls Road, in Suwannee, Tennessee, the zip code is 37375. Again, it is the Midway Church of Christ, 151 Otter Falls Road, Suwannee, Tennessee. The zip code is 37375. We have Bible study on Sunday morning at 10, and then that's followed by preaching and worship service at 11 o'clock. And we'd just like to say that we'd love to have you and your family to come and be with us as we study God's Word. Okay, we have recently been discussing a series of lessons about the Godhead, and uh, we want to uh, continue another subject today that ties into that, and that's with regard to Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And what we're wanting to do with these lessons is... Uh, for, for those of, of you who who are already believers in, in God and in Christ, we hope that these lessons will uh, strengthen your faith, uh, number one, but th they'll also be valuable to you in your efforts to try to talk to others about God. Um, and, and you've got to have a beginning point when you when you do that. And for those who are listening that have not become convinced that there is a God, we, we are giving these lessons for the purpose of uh, and, and prayers with that, that uh, you will become convinced that there is a, a God in, in heaven, a creator who created everything, including man, and that means you and I, and to whom that we are accountable and so you've got to have a, have a beginning point because uh, sometimes we talk about a lot of different religious issues, uh, and, and we should, and sometimes we talk about a lot of moral issues, and that should be discussed too because 
the Bible addresses both the religious issues that affect mankind and the moral issues that affect mankind. I'm, I might I want to add that the uh, radio program that comes on before I do with uh, Brother, uh, Brother uh, Merritt and, and all, uh, I, I was really glad uh, to hear uh, him discuss um, the moral crisis uh, that we're having in this country. Uh, and the the degeneracy that we're uh, seeing in the moral decline in our our country that that was good to hear. Um, I've been looking, I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for some some preachers. I've been really disappointed uh, in the the preaching that goes on uh, here in Franklin County, and quite frankly, with many of the churches and the preachers here in Franklin County. I, I don't attend all their services. I don't know what all is said and, and goes on. But, you know, I hear th things and I just don't uh, see and, and hear uh, preachers nowadays uh, addressing the moral problems that we have in this country. And it needs to be a addressed. But here's, the, here's, here's getting back to my, my main point. Without belief in God, Having discussions about morality and immorality, uh, about uh, transgenderism and homosexuality and homosexual marriages and the whole woke culture, having, having discussions about those things, whether they're right or wrong, will, will be meaningless unless people agree that there is a God in heaven and two, since there is a God in heaven, that he has delivered to us a moral code or moral standard that's revealed in his word, and therefore we need to try to study that code as it's revealed in the Bible to determine what God has decided about the matter. It doesn't make any difference what the opinions of men are. It doesn't make any difference how many people get together and vote on something. What matters to the believer is what God has said. And I, I sincerely believe that that's one of the reasons why our, our current education system has been taken over by atheistic humanists, secularists, uh, people who are morally, they are amoral and therefore consequently immoral, and uh, people who are primarily uh, ultra-liberal, if not uh, and socialist, if not downright communist in their political beliefs, and uh, the, the, their whole attempt is to undermine and destroy uh, people's belief in in God. Uh, but you have to do that in in order to prop up socialism and communism. Because uh, those systems of uh, those philosophies of governance uh, will not work in a society that believes in God. You have to have a godless society for those to work. And they know that. So they've got to get God out of the schools. They've got to get God out of the hearts and minds of people. And because... We have such great powers in this country, both with our government and the media and with the public school system, that are, are constantly bombarding people 
with godlessness, it's important that uh, preachers, and it's important that you and I, believers, and have, have faith, try to get before people the teaching and the idea that there is a God in heaven. And that's so important. But we've got to begin there. We've got to begin there. And so there's a lot of things, a lot of false teachings, secular teachings, that we have to combat, such as the, the theory of evolution, etc., etc. Uh, but uh, to overcome these um, things, these efforts that are being done to just uh, tell people that there is no God in, in heaven, we've got to do the opposite. We've got to convince people that there is a God. And so that's, that's the reason for these lessons. I'm trying to get people to see and understand, to think, to think through. I don't want you to just blindly accept the things. I want you to study them. I want you to search these things out. Study them for yourselves and come to your own conclusion, not the conclusion that your parents forced on you or your grandparents or whatever impressed upon your heart or mind. Come to these decisions for yourself. They've got to be in your, your heart. And you've got to accept these things because you know, you don't just think, you don't have some opinion about it, you know these things to be true. And that's what we want people to understand, have a faith that's based on knowledge and knowledge that is based on facts. And so we're going to try to give you facts that you can consider, that you can ponder, that you can think about, that you can check up on, and that you can verify, and therefore, then, when you believe, you can be assured that you're, and be confident that what you believe is true. That's what we're trying to do. And so, uh, we're going to talk about uh, God, the need to believe in, in God, and the evidence for that. So, let's get into today's lesson, because today's lesson, we're going to do this maybe for... Uh, this Sunday, maybe a couple more Sundays, uh, talking about Jesus Christ being the proof that there is God. So we're going to tr we're going to try to present evidence that there is God. And one of the, the strongest sources of evidence that there is a God is Jesus Christ. So let's begin reading. If you have your Bibles open, let's begin reading in the book of John, chapter 12. I'm going to start in verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Jesus cried and said, he that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. I am come a light to the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him the word 
that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting, whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said it to me, so I speak. Now, in this passage of Scripture, as Jesus is uh, talking to the people of his day and age, he's pointing at himself and talking about the need to believe in him because he has been sent from the Father. And that when one sees Jesus, that he is seeing, as he says in verse 45, he is seeing him that sent me. Well, the one who sent Jesus is God, God the Father. And so Jesus is presenting himself as evidence that there is a God in heaven. And so he's telling people, look, look at me. If you want to know if there is a God in heaven, and if you want to understand something about this God in heaven, Jesus is telling those of his day and age to look at him. And so that's what we need to do. We need to look at Jesus Christ because in Christ we see the proof of the Father. We see the proof of God. Now, the, the, the question may come up from those that we run into in the community. Why do you believe in God? Why do you believe in Jehovah, the Jehovah, the Yahweh of the Bible? Why do you believe in God? And that's a legitimate question. It's a legitimate question. We, you know, if people ask us that question, we should, we should welcome that. We should see that as an opportunity rather than being offended. I, you know, I, I try to tell uh, the Christians you know, they, 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 they sometimes get their feathers ruffled when someone questions or challenges what, what they believe as if uh, that is sometime, somehow a, a personal slight to them that because uh, their faith is being questioned or challenged. Well, we should not get offended. Uh, Peter tells us we're to be ready to give an answer to those who ask at the reason of the hope that's in us in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. We need to be ready to answer questions that people have about our faith. Why do you believe this? Why do you believe that? I welcome those. If, if, you, if you have any questions about anything that I teach, that I say on this radio program, then let me know. I want to hear it. I want to hear. I want to. I welcome that. I welcome the discussion, and I hope that we can have the discussion and can do so in a congenial way, that is respectful of of one another. I think that that's part of the problem sometimes, is that when people get into religious discussions, especially whenever it centers around religious differences that uh, some people get, get offended and they get mad and the discussion generates into a, a, a heated, uh, insulting diatribe. Um, and, and, and that's not good for, for anybody. I don't want to see that. I, I'm not here. To, I'm, I'm not trying to insult any, anyone. And, 
and if I insult anyone, I want you to know that it's not intentional. That it is my, my intent to direct, raise issues, to raise questions, to challenge things. I'm going to do that. And I understand that in challenging the things that uh, people are doing and practicing, that some are going to be offended by that. But I hope and I pray that rather than someone getting angry and wanting to do something vengeful or hateful or spiteful or whatever, that, that we can sit down and in a congenial way discuss the matters that are before us. I believe that's what the Lord wants. Now, getting back to John chapter 12. Uh, Jesus has said that he is evidence. He is proof that there is a God. And that when one sees him, and that whenever one assesses the life of Jesus Christ, and when they look at his character, and they look at his nature, and when they behold his behavior, they are seeing proof that there is a God. The evidence of God is on display and can be assessed in the life of Jesus Christ. Now, this is, this is what we're appealing to. Now, understand this. Someone says, okay, uh, Brother Hamilton or Mr. Hamilton or Keith, it's easy for you to say that. I mean, anybody can say these things. And, and uh, I'm just not going to accept something blindly just because you or some other preacher say it. I'm not going to just accept anything blindly. And that's good. I, I, I don't want you to accept something just because I say it. I don't want you to accept something blindly. I want you to have a faith. If you come to faith, I want you to have faith in God that is based on evidence, that's based on the facts. Now, that's what the Bible was. Let, let's very briefly talk about this. In Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 6, Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 6, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please him that cometh to God. And for he, excuse me, it is impossible to please him for he's, let me get my reading here right. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. To come to God, we must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, God does not want us to believe that he is and not have a foundation on which that faith is based. Hebrews chapter 11 is a chapter that discusses the subject of faith. If you want to know what faith looks like, if you want to know the, defin the Bible definition of faith, I don't care what some, some person out here tells you, here's what faith is. If you want to know the Bible's definition of faith, then read Hebrews chapter 11 because it begins, that chapter begins, Hebrews chapter 11, it begins by identifying what faith is. Let's look at that. Hebrews chapter 11 in verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence 
the evidence of things not seen. The evidence. The, what, what evidence? Well, the evidence of the material world, that's what he talks about later in verse 3. That God, we can look at the world, we can see creation, and in the creation of the world, the things that we can see around us, we can determine that there is a God. Paul discusses this same thing over in Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1 in verse 20. Paul says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse now. And that particular passage of scripture Paul is talking about the the world of the Gentiles the heathen world the pagan world of the Gentiles where they were given over to idolatry or atheism and he's pointing out how that the these people out in the world at his day and age are without excuse for not believing in God because the evidence is clearly visible in the creation so that any person can look at those things, any person of an honest mind and honest heart can look at the creation and just say, this all just didn't happen by chance. There has to be a creator. There has to be a, a, a God. Paul says it's clearly seen. You can clearly see the evidence from nature, from creation, from the material world, that there is a God. And God provides us with this evidence so that we can assess this evidence and come to the understanding that there is a God in heaven. In the book of Isaiah in chapter 40, Isaiah in chapter 40, in verses 25 and 26, listen here. To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold who hath created these things. That bringeth thou their host by number, he calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that is he, for that he is strong in power, no one faileth. If you open your eyes, like Isaiah says, if you just look at the world, if you just look at creation, if you will honestly assess the things that are visible to you, you can determine that there is a God in heaven. Now, now, there are a lot of people, I understand that, who don't want to believe, who no matter how much evidence uh, you present to them and give to them, they, they just close their eyes, they put their hands over their ears, they shake their head, no, 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 I don't want, because, because here, here's, here's what it gets down to. Why is it that so many people do not believe in God? Is it, is it a hard thing to do? No, it isn't. Is it a hard thing to look at the evidence and to examine the evidence and to ponder and assess the evidence? No, it's not that hard to do. But here's what's hard to do. 
in a lot of people's hearts and in their minds, they know that if they accept that there is a God, that they're going to have to change. I know that that's the case because I've had too many discussions with people and I've had too many people to tell me, to tell me that one of the reasons why they don't believe, one of the reasons why they don't want to become a Christian is because they know that they will not get to continue living the way that they've been living. They're going to have to change. The Bible calls it repentance. That's what repentance is. Repentance is a change of heart, a change of mind that brings about a change of life. These people don't want to believe. It's not that they can't believe. It's not that the evidence is there. Many people don't want to believe. They don't want to change. And that's what it boils down to, my friend. You've got to look deep inside your own heart and ask, are you being honest? When we talk about this, this evidence... That God is real. We talk about creation. Well, Jesus is also evidence that there is a God, that God is real. And he came and by his life to show people God. This is what he said to his own disciples. Listen to John chapter 14, verses 9 through 11. Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me have seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest not thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works. Jesus is saying, I am evidence. When we go back to the book of John, chapter 12, this is what Jesus pointed out in verses 44 and 45, that you need to believe in Jesus or to believe on God, and that belief in God comes through our faith in Jesus Christ. In a very real and substantial sense, Jesus is evidence and a reason to believe in God. Now, I know there's some other things we're going to prove, but, but let's make this point first, because we're going to have to prove that Jesus was who he claimed to be, and we're going to do that in other lessons. Be patient. Let's, let's, let's study these things. Let's take one thing at a time. But let's first get this principle in mind. We need to believe in God. The evidence of God we can see in creation, but we also see in the life of Jesus Christ. When it is established that Jesus is the Son of God, that, who, that he is who he claimed to be, then the existence of God is immediately established. In John chapter 1, in verses 1 and 2, the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. This is talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Word was made flesh, according to John word in verse 14. Verse 18, Jesus says, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. He hath declared him. This is why the Father spoke from heaven in Matthew 17. This is my beloved Son, whom am I well pleased. Hear ye him. This is why the disciples were told to hear Jesus, because Jesus was on earth to represent to mankind the Father. 
In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in past times unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. The New Testament, the Bible points us to Jesus. The focus from the creation of man, the beginning of man, all the way to the coming of Christ, and then since Christ has been here, we focus back. Christ is the centerpiece of creation. He's the centerpiece of God revealing himself to mankind. And so the greatest evidence, the greatest proof that we have of God is going to be sin in Jesus Christ, the one who was sent to save his people from their sins, Matthew 1, verse 21. So we're going to continue discussing this. Now, now we've, we've made the point, you've got to believe that there's a God. Without faith in God, it's, it's impossible to be pleasing to God. We've pointed out how the creation points us to God, but we're also pointing out that Jesus Christ is our greatest proof, our greatest evidence that there is a, a God in heaven. Now, we understand that, it, that we have to prove that Jesus is who he claimed to be. Because if Jesus was just a man, everything we've said means nothing. But if Jesus is who he claimed to be, and he represents God as the Bible, God of heaven, as the Bible says, then we either believe that and accept that and live by that, or we reject it. And from there, it's 